Hello, my name is Chukudibara, uh, the host of the Other Expats podcast, where we talk about issues and experiences of people of color expats in Malaysia. I know it's been a while um, since we last put out an episode and we're working on really, really great improvements to the podcast. I'm sure you love the, love the improvements. Uh, you'll be hearing about them really soon, like really, really soon. Just um, stick around. On this episode of the podcast, we have Felix Tabenda from Cameroon. Um, Felix, uh, over to you. I'm Felix Israel Tabenda uh, from Cameroon, and uh, I work here in Malaysia as uh, a lead finance analyst. Yeah, and uh, I'm here with my family, my wife and my daughter, and we've been here for approximately two years. We don't get a lot of Africans who are in the finance industry yeah. um, in Malaysia. And you, you came here from uh, Dubai, I understand. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, what's, what's that like, moving from Dubai to here? Okay, um, firstly, uh, I was recruited from Cameroon into, into the company center in Dubai as an accountant. Then, um, after three years of our contract, so based on the oil price decline and all hitting the entire industry, so we had to relocate the finance center to Malaysia. Okay. Yeah, that's how we got here to Malaysia. All right, all right. What yeah. what's it been? What's the experience been like for you, though? Uh, moving from Dubai to Malaysia, so I always I get a lot of questions. So how is it and all? Um, I okay, think. Okay, let's uh, let's start with. I, I think there's a lot of, of things we we'll have to cover in just this part. Yes. Um. So okay, we'll start with. Um. What was? Did you have like a culture shock? Um. Coming in from uh, Dubai. Cameroon to Dubai and then Dubai, Dubai to Malaysia. Yeah. Of course, sure, it was um, a great cultural shock. Right. First from Cameroon to Dubai. Cameroon is, uh, I would say, also a very young nation, mm. uh, but older than Dubai right. or the United Arab Emirates. And the expectation of what the Emiratis have done within 44 or 45 years of independence as compared to us over 50 years of independence. Mm. That was the first shock I could yeah, get, and um, I, I felt that as a Cameroonian or the nation Cameroon, we still have a lot to do, and I would say personally I was embarrassed, <laughs> because when I look at the population of the UAE, uh, specifically Dubai and the people, yeah, it's yeah. a very young population and a very young people, which we have the same thing, so I would say like, what is really wrong? Yeah, yeah that was the first thing. Um, the second thing is that getting into Dubai from Cameroon, I know Dubai as a desert, mm. so I didn't expect to see anything really like flourishing that much, but <laughs> when I got to the airport, it was uh, I think about 18 degrees that day, yeah. very, very cold. Okay. Yeah, so that day I had to sleep in a bathtub <laughs> of warm water. So, I mean, those are some of the things because we don't read a lot about yeah. other things out of our continent. So True. we don't get to mm. know all these changes in weather and all. Yeah. Um, in terms of the people in Dubai, 
I would say the Dubai population, it's about 60% are Indians. All right. Uh, they form the larger part of the population, mm. followed by the Pakistanis mm. before the actual Emiratis themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah, so for me, that was kind of like, this is somebody else's country. How <laughs> come you have another set of people who are the yeah. dominant population? Yeah. So that was another thing I, I had to deal with, that uh, this economic migrants per se, yeah. because sometimes you, you feel that the way the media puts it is more of, Africans are more of the economic migrants. Yeah. But I saw a different group of economic migrants. Yeah. Right, coming in to develop another place and all. Mm. Um, the work ethics and the work style or the work culture in Dubai, it's a little bit more objective mm -hmm. uh, as compared to Cameroon or yeah. even to Malaysia. I would say everyone coming into Dubai, you know, and you bear in mind that your visa is tied to your employment and you need to really do a lot to ensure that your visa is maintained, All right? right? Mm. Uh, in Cameroon, we don't bother. It's our yeah, home country, yeah, exactly. we are at home, so you can well, be fired would, today would, or hired. I would yeah. argue, argue that that's the same with Malaysia, right? Yeah. Yes, I was, I was coming to that All in right. the sense that now looking at Dubai and Malaysia, yeah. if I begin with the work culture, it's, yeah, it's more of, okay, I may do it, I may not do it, right. what may happen, but I would, I would say I wouldn't blame them much because when we were moving to Malaysia from Dubai, uh, one of the things I read online, um, the working population of Malaysia is extremely very high. Right. And the finance sector or those, the, the graduates from a finance degree or so, mm -hmm. it's very high as well. Right. So there was that possibility that you're going to get a lot of competition. Mm. You're going to get um, a lot of challenges. But right. I would say for my case, it's my style of work. I love the challenges. I love the break-even points of things. Right. But that is not what I found here in Malaysia. Right. Because it's the attitude of uh, two years and I'm off. Right. Or if you scold at me, I resign. Right. <laughs> but if you look at Dubai, or even back where I come from in Cameroon, mm. we took that as a normal work style. Yeah. That sometimes the managers really need to get overboard to yeah. get things done. But yeah, here in Malaysia, if you try that, you have an attrition rate which is not acceptable by management. Mm. Mm. So yeah, I feel the the people are empowered by their government to do as they wish, yeah. right? And nobody can really like under patronize them. Right. They know they have the market. They know they have the finance service centers here. Yeah. So if company A is not paying them well, they move to company B. Yeah. <laughs> but in Dubai, you wouldn't see that easy move or even in Cameroon you wouldn't okay. see that easy move of people around jobs but I think it's also because um, especially for locals it's yeah. uh, like it's their home country it's their home base yes. so it's easy if they're not tied to a visa or anything they can't just um, okay you scream at me today I'm going to company B like yeah yes. I don't have time for say like back in Cameroon that will not happen oh really yes that okay. will not happen where maybe somebody is um, oh yeah that's true in Nigeria yeah that will not happen you wouldn't well, really yeah. find <laughs> young Cameroonians or I would say Africans in general yeah. switching jobs in mm. their countries because they are being 
they 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 they, they have a grudge with their manager, manager or yeah. yeah you wouldn't find that it's true it's true uh, another another cultural shock i got here is um they have this mc Oh I yeah, MC, yeah, 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 of MC. course. <laughs> now, when I came here, I didn't know what in, what what was the term, uh, what, what yeah. the abbreviation <laughs> MC meant. And then <laughs> I, I uh, think earlier this year, I fell sick. All right. And I had to go to the hospital, and so the doctor is like, "Will you need an MC?" Mm-hmm. Now I think I was faced with the greatest challenge of one: <laughs> what is MC, and two: do I need an MC? <laughs> so I'm like, I don't need an MC. He's like, Are you sure? <laughs> bold enough to ask like what is MC? Yeah. So it's a medical certificate to prove that you are out of work. So for me, it's <laughs> like back home, you will request that from the doctor yeah. to sign an MC that you want to stay off work. Mm. Yeah, I see that's the other way around. Mm. The doctors who prescribe it as a medication. Yeah, yeah like, like you should not okay, you should take an MC. Yeah. So and they use it a lot. Yeah. So you'll find people on MC at least once a week. Yeah. And <laughs> unfortunately, the companies have to deal with that. Yes, yeah, true. If you don't want, okay, they resign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I think that some, some companies even uh, try to incentivize that uh, by um, kind of giving um, employees um, bonuses. Employees yeah. who don't take um, MCs, MCs for a yes. given specific amount of time, like okay, they get bonuses. Okay, uh, because they most times they just go on MC, MC yes. like every month, every week. In fact, yes. um, so apart apart from this, um, what other um, shocks or challenges um, did you face um, coming from Dubai here? Um, in Dubai, as I earlier mentioned, I'm here with my family. My wife used to work in Dubai. All right. Uh, though this was a unanimous decision for us to leave and come over to Malaysia knowing what will happen in Dubai she had a job right and a very good one working with an airline company the status of the visa was the same before the job like spouse is not allowed to work or a dependent is not allowed to work but if you can get a job Mm -hmm. good the company would sponsor your visa Uh, but here in Malaysia we noticed it was the other way around first you can't even apply for the job. You can't even get the job. Mm. Talk less about now changing the visa and all. all so right. that was another challenge we had to deal with. The fact that she isn't able to get a job here in Malaysia because of the laws, mm. which are, I would say, not that flexible to, forgive me, say Africans in particular, right. mm. to be able to integrate into the job market. So if you come here with your spouse, there is a possibility they might be at home. All right, all right. Yes, the, there is a higher possibility they might be at home, mm. not able to get a job mm. in the job market we find yet. Okay. So that, that was another thing we had to decipher on, like, why should it be that way? Yeah, I yeah. didn't even know that, like, um, spouses can't get um, yes. jobs here. Yes, Okay. It's well. a dependent, the visa, I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's a dependent pass. Yeah. And it stamps then not permitted to work. But what if, um, what if they go and find a job? Um, for example, if she goes and finds a job, and yeah. the company wants to sponsor um, the visa. 
Uh, we have a few friends that I think were blessed enough to have that, mm -hmm. where their wives had to actually get a job, mm -hmm. but it was also in a multinational company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's easier. But say in a local company, I'm, I'm not sure how possible yeah, that is. Yes, that's but going to be difficult. if the company is willing, mm -hmm. yes, they would have mm -hmm. to change your visa. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what's, what's the... the What's your what would you say has been your favorite experience um, since you've been here? Um, favorite experience <laughs> or favorite thing about being in in you've you've lived in Cameroon, you you've lived in Dubai, yeah, and you're living here now. Um, what would you say is your favorite thing about uh, being being here in so Malaysia? Far? Yeah. Um, First, one of the things I enjoy about Malaysia, and which I feel that they they don't they don't maximize it, right. is the diversity in culture. They run this advert on CNN. Malaysia is truly easier, <laughs> but here it's not reflected when you are amongst the people, mm. right? So the thing I enjoy is you have a three groups of people here. You have the Chinese, you have the Indians, and you have the locals of the land, the Malays. Yeah. And when you work with such a diverse group of people there is a lot of thing you learn so i don't need to go to the most populous countries in the world i don't need to go to china to understand how they behave or to yeah. india to understand how they behave yeah. i have worked with indians in dubai mm. that were the predominant population yeah. i've worked with them here in malaysia i've worked with the chinese here in malaysia mm. and also with the malaysians as well so for me that was that's a very big plus yeah. that i feel that they should rally behind it and be able to sell the country further than the way it is sold now oh, okay yeah. What What do you think? This okay, like promote more about the the diversity. The diversity. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. I I hope the tourism commission is listening to this. <laughs> okay. Um. What's What's your least favorite experience then? Um. Or uh, least favorite thing about about being here? All right. My wife doesn't like when I say this, but I feel that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They are they are they conservative or they are racist? That's a question sign I put there for whoever reads this. Then, based on my discussion, you can answer yourself. Right. Are they conservative or are they racist? Mm. Being that first, as she said, finding um, a house here was a challenge. Right. So you call a real estate agent. The first thing they ask when they get your voice. It's like, where are you coming from? Yeah. If you say an African country, okay, um, let me call the landlord and check, and then I'll get back to you. Yeah. Now, I always do this trick. I would say Cameroon, and when they ask, where is Cameroon? I say <laughs> the United States, and then you immediately get an appointment, right? But if you say Cameroon from Africa, they'll tell you, okay, just a moment, let me call the landlord and, and check. Never now, hear back. My my worry there is why this distinction is mm. it based on what the media portrays of Africans that they tend to judge mm. how we are or to group everybody into one bunch mm. now yeah there have been scenarios where Africans have really messed up the place we accept but it's the same thing everywhere mm. you have a bad group of people who yeah. are also messing up Malaysia for example yeah. we have them all over the news now mm. but Nobody would judge the entire country based on that. But uh, actually, it's the the thing with that, especially for the accommodation part. Yes. Um, is it doesn't just affect Africans and Middle Easterns. Middle Easterns have it terrible here in case in terms of accommodation. 
Abaitinis, it doesn't just affect Africans and Middle Easterns or foreigners. Um, usually, the Malays will not rent, rent out to Indians or Chinese. The Chinese will not rent out to the, uh, the Indians or the Malays. It, it goes within them as well. Like, um, there's, there was this, um, um, I think it, there was this Nigerian guy. I interviewed him also for the other experts. And they featured him on says, mm -hmm. and they talked about this issue as well. Like, it's not just Nigerians, it's not just foreigners. Is within them as well. Like even my colleague of mine, she was looking for an apartment for like three months, and the first thing they say, "Oh, where are you from?" Um, Indian. Uh, no, um, the owner does not want Indians in the house. They only want Chinese or they only want Malays. Um, so, some sometimes like we we get it. Like I just got an apartment recently, mm -hmm. and I had to dance around. You have to usually for me. I just clearly state out that I am Nigerian from yes. Africa. If you like it, give me an apartment. If you don't like it, let's just be done. Because I don't want to stay in someone's house that does not want me in the apartment. Like, yes. no. I think that would be the worst thing to do. True. Uh, but that also makes it difficult. Like, yes. you, you have to go through a lot of hoops yes. just to find a place to stay. So, yeah, I definitely understand that. Yeah, so that, that that's the accommodation part of it. Secondly, mm. um, getting a bank account. Oh, yeah. It's another <laughs> big deal which I fight with most of them here. <laughs> Um, <laughs> not to mention some of the banks, but the few experiences I've had uh, with one of the local banks here was that they said they had to do a vetting for me from our central bank in Cameroon. Now, the question I asked the um, customer service was like, do you know the central bank of Cameroon? <laughs> no. Do you know if I have a bank account in Cameroon? No. So what vetting are you going to exactly. do? I've given you my employment letter, I've given you my passport, I've given you my contract, I've given you my visa, everything you have here. You know the company is reputable and all. So what exactly do you need from my central bank mm -hmm. in Cameroon? Say so we just need to vet you. How long would that take? Um, maybe about one month to two months. Whoa. I'm like, to open an, an account. account which you would be deducting charges from my money. Wow. I said, okay, fine, take your time. And after about one month, you get a letter, we are sorry, we can't open an account for you. Whoa, okay. So I'm like, what exactly is the reason say sorry is an internal policy? Another case, I had to receive money and I have um, the iCard, mm. which is given to foreigners. Yeah. And I was told I need my passport. Yeah, that iCard is not valid. The question <laughs> I ask is, okay, haven't lived in Dubai. <laughs> You don't, we have the same thing, like mm. um, we're given an Emirates ID, All right. right? Because your passport is a confidential document. Yeah. And if anything happens to you in the country, okay, how do you leave the country if yeah. you don't have your passport, passport right? Mm. So I asked the bank manager, I'm like, okay, if you can issue me a document that shows why this iCard issued by your Ministry of Immigration mm. cannot be used over the counter, fine, I'll bring you my passport. Now. I held that branch hostage for two hours <laughs> and I told them, till I have a document I can't leave. Yeah, because I have to take it to my company to show that these are the challenges we have yeah. working in this country as an expert. Yeah. Right? And for over two hours, there was nothing. And then another senior manager comes up and says, No, we are sorry, Felix. It's uh, an internal policy. We can't give it out to you. I said, Okay, can you publish it on your board that for this certain group of people, you can serve them over the counter with an iCard. Mm. 
they said no, they don't need they, to do that. I said yes, you don't need to do it because then you will bring in Europeans and Americans whom I've seen you serve them here in front yeah. of me with the same iCard. Yeah. So why do you serve them and you can't serve me? Yeah. Right? So <laughs> those that that's another challenge I had and I was really so pissed off. Wrote on their website, wrote to them on LinkedIn, a few of them got back to me and apologized for it. Mm. But you find yourself like in a country which for me is a developed country one. Mm -hmm. I don't expect the people to look at others like with a racist or a judgmental attitude. Yeah. Right? Still, thirdly, still with the banking sector. For most <laughs> Africans, you can't get a credit card. Yeah, that's almost impossible. Yes, you can't get a credit card. Yeah. But I would I would give uh I would give a bonus to forgive me the Chinese Malay mm -hmm. who are more business oriented. Mm. And one of them asked me, like, what do you mean you can't get a credit card in Malaysia? My bank offers a credit card to Africans, to everybody. So what do you mean? I said, well, I've been here for two years. I couldn't get one. He said, okay, apply. I will get you a credit card within one week. I'll get you an account mm. on the same day. Mm. Within 24 hours, I got an account. Within a week, I got a credit card. Oh, okay. That is impressive then. Without asking anything from Cameroon or Central Bank <laughs> or whatever, but... For me, and, and, and the local bank had said, no, it's a national policy. They can't mm. issue credit cards to me or yeah. to some African countries. Mm. So I asked this guy, I'm like, if it's a national policy, what policy is your bank using to issue such a credit card? Yeah. He said, no, there is no policy as such. It's a bank it's, and yeah. it operates as one. Mm. So those are some of the challenges we've had. If, if you come to the malls, for example, my, my mother-in-law was here a few months back. All right. With my wife going shopping and you had these two ladies walking behind them. Mm. They didn't know we're together. Mm. And then they mistakenly spoke in English. Like, no, we need to trace them. Oh, so okay. I heard that and I just stood behind them. And when they moved around, there are other people here in the mall. There are other people moving around. They didn't follow them about. So at the end, I asked them, I said, so did they pick up anything from your <laughs> counter? And they were like, no, 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 we weren't, we weren't following them. I said, no, I didn't ask you if you were following them. I asked you if they picked up something from your counter, right? But on the oh. other side, I, I wouldn't blame them because, yes, there are pickpockets around. The mm. government itself wants of people doing mm. that and mm. all. But I feel that it's racially segregated. Yes, it is. It's racially segregated. I mean, if you find somebody in a mall, give them some degree of respect as mm. well if you want them to also respect you yeah so th those are some of the few i would say downsides i have of being here in malaysia yeah. as compared to dubai or in cameroon okay well that is like a lot of these i have experienced but some of them i have not even heard of before yeah um like i think i on the other experts i wrote i talked about um there's this um this is an insurance um company and they had a list of um, countries that they've restricted, they have restricted business with. So if you are from any of those countries, mm -hmm. um, they will very likely not insure you. Uh, but the thing is, this memo was an internal document. Like, you won't see it on their website, you won't see it anywhere. Yes. Um, so if you are from any of those countries, you apply, you only just get like, I'm sorry, we can't insure you or any of that. But they won't know why. Why? Um, I think I published the list of the countries. Um, fortunately, I think that that list was kind of politically motivated because there's Russia, there, there's a few European countries, yeah. which they usually don't do. Um, not as many African countries even. 
But I think, yeah, that this is definitely relatable. Like, yes. yeah. I think we've, we've even talked about this credit card issue before. Like, one of the first episodes of Other Experts, we did talk about um, um, getting the credit card here. Yes. Like, it's uh, one of the most impossible things you can ever even think of doing here. Um, yeah, even I know one of my colleagues who was Filipino, like, she could not get um, the credit card here. So, okay. um, sometimes I still want to say, like, are you sure? I still want to believe, okay, it's not just Africans. But most sometimes it's, it is just yes. Africans, yeah, it is just us. In, in my opinion, I, I know like uh, some of the banks, or for some of the other nationalities, it's yeah. if their um, monthly income mm. is less than 5,000, yeah. yes, you won't be able you to get a credit card. Mm. But in my scenario, it is above that, yeah. and then I still can't get a credit <laughs> card. So uh, for, 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 for other nationalities, because what I've seen from the three or four banks I visited mm. was was more of about salary bracket. Yeah. So they begin with that, then mm. if you pass that limit, okay, they need to look for something or else. Something else, yeah. Mm. That's true, yeah. That I think that is yes. true, yeah. Oh, all right. Um now I am so I don't even that was that was so <laughs> deep, like I can't even Whoa, okay. Um, what we I think we're talking earlier um, um, about now that we are let's just uh, I think we should just cover the the not so um, sweet part of um, the Malaysian experience. Um, we're talking earlier about um, some weird questions that we've received um, yes. um, while living here. Um, you want to share, um, especially the questions, how you deal with that, especially like. Um, you, as an expert, I'm sure you we, we get that a lot. Yes. Yes. Uh, sometimes you you try to educate, like, okay, no, this is not how it works. Sometimes it's just like you know what, just assume what you what you want to. How, how do you deal with it, though? Okay. Um, so a, a few of the questions I've had is like, how you got? How did I get to Malaysia? Yeah. And. Um, now sometimes they are from my own colleagues all right and they deal dealing with african countries mm. so i i tend to to be a little bit sarcastic like how do you communicate with those you work with in that region so now we call emails and all i say so if you feel that emails are operational there how do you think i got here <laughs> so for me it's i use sarcasm because i feel that it makes them remember that even before they ask a question, they should think of what are the other possibilities, what exactly are these people... Be, be rational yes, at least. Be like, rational yeah. with, your, with your thoughts <laughs> and all. So I've had those kind of questions like, <laughs> do you live with lions or <laughs> what are the animals you keep and all? So I said I keep all animals, even human beings, like you. I keep all animals. So And you, you find like some agitation or some facial looks like... 
what exactly is he saying? So I asked him, I'm like, you watch programs on TV. Do you think you can easily keep a lion in your home? To be fair, um, there was, was it 2016? When they had um, the Hyena men of Africa was yes. eating. Um, I don't know if that um, prompted any of this, but I'm almost certain that they had those ideas even before the Hyena men came no, anywhere. I the, 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 the other side, as I said, I don't, I don't blame them a lot, but I blame the, the Western media mm. and the image which they portray of the continent as mm. well. Because if, if I am watching, um, say, a Western movie, mm. like, I've just forgotten the name of it, where one of the scenes was shot in Cameroon. Right. Now, this movie, they didn't shoot any important city in Cameroon, for example. Mm. It was a village setting. Of course. Now, the same movie, they did another scene in Botswana. Mm. Botswana is a thriving, a thriving uh, economy in Africa. Mm. They didn't go into the central city of it. It was also a village with <laughs> people village, rearing yeah. cows and all. So <laughs> when these movies are broadcasted all over, all right. for me, that is the first perception that comes in, even as an African, that mm. Botswana, I think they are still far back. But if I didn't know mm. what Botswana is all about mm. today, that may stick in my mind that yeah. these people are still like... The, nomad, yeah. the, the mm. nomadic people and all. So yeah. I don't blame them, but I feel that some of them who are educated mm. should have that exposure, even if it means just reading online. Yeah. If you have colleagues from these regions, you should be able to read online and mm. see where they come from, what mm. is their main economic activity and mm. all. Like when we were coming to Malaysia, um, a very important factor I found was Cameroon trains Malaysians how to do palm, how to grow palms. Uh, yeah. Mm. Now, Today, Malaysia is the first in production and I think second or third in exportation. Yeah. Cameroon is number 13. Yeah. Same, so same with Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> I, look at, I look at all of that. For me, it's of interest to know what the Malaysians have done to mm. get to that point and mm. we are backward. Mm. So I believe that every educated person here in Malaysia should be able to also have that intuition or that just that instinct like, let me see where Felix is coming from. Let mm. me see where Chukudi is coming from and yeah. all. Just check about your own countries and see what you can get. All right. Yeah. Yeah, but you see, you remember when you said um, when you went to Dubai? Yes. And you were expecting it to be like a desert. Yes. And you were not expecting the cold. Sometimes it can be difficult. Yes. Like that Google search just um, this country and what is happening there. Yes. You sure. Sometimes it can be, admittedly, sometimes it can be difficult. But I think the the worst people or the least people can do is just have a basic idea. A basic idea of it, yes. Yeah, of, of what's happening there, at least where the country is, instead of like uh, West Cameroon. Like, really? It's 2018, <laughs> guys. It's the United States, by Um, what you at least what what do you do when you 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 have your family here with you? Um, what's what's it like? Um, being an expat, um, dad and father in Malaysia. Um, I would say first I get a lot of support from my wife, yeah. <laughs> who who is back at home, and I think it's the greatest decision which I respect a lot mm. that she had to leave her job to take care of us, my daughter and I. Um, when I'm not at work, 
I'm with the family, I'm at home. Mm. And like just of recent, we took, we had some road trips to Terangano, to Melaka, just to see what this country as well is all about. And for us, it's a time of reflection, mm. not just only on our own lives, but also where we come from mm. and how we feel that we can better ourselves, better the community and better our people as well back home. Okay. Mm. So most of the times we have those discussions back in the house, playing with my daughter or with my wife and just spending some family time. All right. Um, yeah. It's is um, um, as a black family here. Um, do you have like um, a lot of places um, you you have family time in? Like I I don't know how if I'm phrasing the, the question correctly, but um, like a family um, family time, spending time with your family. Like um, I remember at a point I was like, okay, um, do black families here? Um, ever like get together like have a get together with um, other black families and like you spend time or is that something that black families want to even do I'm not I'm not sure about oh, that. okay um, for that first in my job side we have a few other Africans All that right. we mm -hmm. always we get together once in a while or right. uh, if somebody just joins us join the company from any African country we get together to introduce ourselves and right. make them know that we are here for them any challenges, feel free to reach out to us. Um, out of work, we have as well um, other friends from, I would say like Ghana, that we always, it's from, it's, a, it's one of our church families as well. Right. We were actually together on the trip. Okay. Yeah, right. we spent Christmas with them. We have also friends from Nigeria, mm. uh, from Ivory Coast. Uh, so we had also someone from Kenya. Okay, so it's like full, yes. full on African yes. right there. So <laughs> most of the times we are hanging out together. Right. But um, we also, uh, I, I wouldn't discard the aspect of the people here. Mm. We have a lot of family time with them or a time of just gathering together because right. we host um, a religious group in the house. Yeah. So, and this is mostly predominantly Malaysians. All right, okay. So they are in our house every fortnight. We gather together, sing songs, worship, pray, and discuss together. Right. And sometimes they help us to navigate the city, like the challenges we have. All right. We mm. reach out to them first. Mm. So this, I would say, that's like the family time we have. Okay. It's not just amongst ourselves, <laughs> but the people around us as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. At least you, I, I see like your social circle is more... Um, mixed as well, yes, like um, yes. Africans and um, locals as well. Yes. Oh, that's yes. great. Um, what What's your advice for expats who, especially African, um, I th other expats is usually, okay, yeah, <laughs> she's smiling like, okay, this is that question right there. <laughs> I like um, people of color, um, Africans, um, people from India, from wherever, that are typically, usually not white, um, who, who are people who face these um, challenges usually? Um, what what advice would you have for them? Like, um, okay, um, for challenges, I'll, I'll categorize them maybe into three or four parts. First, right. as an individual, um, you need to prepare your mind that you're meeting a group of people who may not like you at all, who may see you as a competitor. And for me, I would always use my business mind to be like, I need to incorporate them to grow my business. So as an individual, that's the first thing I try to do. I try to get an ally amongst the people that I, I know that through this person, I have it in the office, I have it out of the office, 
through these persons, I get to understand how the average uh, uh, Malaysian thinks, how the well-to-do Malaysians think. So for me, that's the first thing as an individual that I try to build my base. Um, secondly, as a family, if you're coming in as a family, it should be an agreement with your wife or your family that, okay, we may face these challenges. For example, as I said, she had to resign from her job and she's not been able to get one now for two years. So you should be able to accept and agree with your spouse that, okay, regardless of these challenges, we are sticking to what we've agreed. We are together. If sometimes we have those problems, we have those queries like, I left my job and all, it's, for me, it's human. If it's not there, then somebody's pretending somewhere. Yeah, because I would say our income was slashed by about 25% because she is no longer working, right? So sometimes you as a, I would say, the lone breadwinner of the house, you start thinking like, okay, what else can I do or what cost can I reduce? So for other experts out there, I think that that is another thing you should think of. How do you reduce your cost? Even no matter where you were before, you don't know how things may turn out to be. So you need to bring in that contingency plan or austerity measures to see that you're meeting up with your cost here and your family is also okay. Um, another thing on family is for you to know where to live. If you can afford it, it's good to get a good place. Like for my, for my daughter, she's extremely brilliant at this age. Sometimes she amazes us and we are like, the community in which we find ourselves, to get a school for her, it's a little bit challenging, but we need to get a place where that curiosity of hers, that wisdom of hers continues to grow and yeah. doesn't degenerate. Mm. We need to get a place where our culture doesn't disappear, mm. but she learns part of it, but also incorporates what Malaysia has to offer. Yeah. Right? So those are some of the things we have to deal with right. when you're yeah. with a family. Yeah. Now, going to thirdly, the job. Mm -hmm. I would say first for Africans in particular, yeah. keep an open mind. <laughs> yes, you, you need to keep an open mind. We are we are a little bit hostile to the way we work, right? Yeah. For me, it becomes a challenge sometimes. Like, I, I need to do things fast, mm. but also efficient and effective. Yeah. Yeah, it may not be that way. You may find a situation where you feel that you are losing up on your values, All right. which you've grown up with, mm. but... That is the way they work. Yeah, right. You mm. would find a few of them who work in that same manner like you. Mm. You need to get them in on board as soon as you can. Yeah. So your own spirit doesn't die down. Yeah. <laughs> so the workplace also becomes somehow political. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because you are taking off a place of a Malaysian who would have been there. Mm. So as an African or as a foreigner, you need to be on your A game. True. Not just like for me in finance, one of our, our KPIs is focused on how we close the end of the month, our reports, how accurate they are, how right. accurate our numbers are. Mm. You don't have that leeway to make a mistake as a foreigner. Yeah. <laughs> because the company is spending a lot on you. Yeah. So you need to boost up yourself to ensure that you are the first, second, and third place before <laughs> any other person comes. So it's right. really competitive. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. Mm. And um, last, in terms of the community and the country, mm. go out, see the places, have fun in the city, drive out, <laughs> see how much you can learn from the short time you're here. Yeah, yeah. We, we spent two years before we actually had a road trip 
to any other state. All right. But those two road trips we did has actually exposed us to a lot of things. Yeah, so I feel that as foreigners, we should also take out that time from work, go out, relax your mind, and just see how the country has been built from the time of their independence till now. Okay. I feel it's a good history they have yeah. to learn from. What's, what's your favorite uh, pastime to do here um, with your family especially? Or? Uh, favorite pastime? We, we mostly we mostly just because of our daughter we mostly just uh, go around the malls okay yeah for her to see people now the the reason we do that is simple we grew up back in Cameroon she was born in the US All right. then we moved here to Malaysia so does she really have a foundation as we did no okay yeah which means we are supposed to give her that foundation which she doesn't see a white person different from a black person or yeah. a black different from a white or a caucasian or whatever yeah. mm. so we spend a lot of time out of the house with her maybe at the parks just to play around with other kids yeah, right. so she yeah. grows up neutral yeah. than us yeah if i can put it that way <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah. that's that's most of the time that's that's what we do okay that that makes a lot of sense yes <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to add um, generally um, um, about the whole, your entire experience, um, you, um, anything you want um, listeners to know? Um, I would say generally I, I love the idea of what other experts on Passport Beyond Borders are doing. Um, I'm a very big critic of people who try to criticize Africans and judge them by their color <laughs> or judge anyone or be picky on people, I, I tend to really frown at that a lot. But I can't blame, as I said, the Western media all the time on what they are doing. I feel that as Africans, we need to sell our own image. We need to bring up our own media. We need to bring up our own media to tell the world that this is who we are. I think she wants to say hi. <laughs> okay. So. That, that's the first thing I think we Africans we need to we need to acknowledge the challenges we face but at the same time we need to derive ways by which people see us for what and who we really are not what the Western media portrays us to be like my wife started the blog Passport Beyond Borders and I feel that we've gotten to know a lot of other Africans who are better off than where we are but Nobody actually knew them, yeah. but they are here in Malaysia. And one of the, the perspective Malaysians have of Africans is that you're either a thief, best case scenario, you're a student. Yeah. If you're not a student, you're a crook. Yeah. So I think that, that, that project has helped even my colleagues to get to know that there are other Africans here who are not into that category which they have placed us to be yeah. and whom they can learn from. Mm. But that can only be done by us. We don't expect the West or a Malaysian to do that. Yeah, true. It true. is our duty to show the world what we can what we are offering. Yeah. Not actually what we can offer, but what we are offering yeah. already to the people around us and to the world at large. Yeah. Yeah, that is <laughs> that yes. is very well said. Like I don't think I can't even add anything to that right now. Like <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's up to us to change the whole um, perspective and image that people have of us. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that is all. Um, 
Okay, that was intense. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much, Felix, thank for coming much, on this. Felix. Like, thank whoa. you very much. <laughs> thank you. No, 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 I'm dead. no. There's no way that is happening. <laughs> uh, th- thanks for okay. coming on the podcast. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, see you on the next one. <laughs> uh, okay.